Beyond Hood and Evil. We're your hosts. I'm Mike. That's Chris. What's up? Hey, yo. What are we getting into today? Man, you already know what it is, Beyond Hood and Evil. And for today, for the evil of it, we're going to get into those those animals, those 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 uncharacteristically, well, I guess you should say characteristically predatory individuals, gymnast coaches, and a blind eye that apparently the FBI has been turning to it for a millennia. Simone Biles recently went on to testify about her situation with the sexual misconduct that occurred and happened to her when she was a young woman, younger woman. And it's nuts, bro. It's super duper nuts, man. You got, man, people need to be stopped, man. Man, Esau, man, Esau. And then you got to talk about, you know, SpaceX and what's going on for the beyond of it. You know what I'm saying? So I know Mike had a little bit of a spicier table. We're going to start with the Simone Biles stuff and then we're going to slide into that SpaceX stuff because... You know, it is what it is. But those are two very different things. Saying something that's very, very grounded in the human experience is something that's very, very grounded in the human dream. You know what I'm saying? So that's what we start with it for today. That's legitimate, Chris. I think with the Larry Nasser case and what Simone Biles and her other teammates have been sharing, it really breaks my heart, bro. Because, you know, you and I talked about this just a little bit. Uh, but these are supposed to be safe spaces. These are supposed to be development opportunities for your kids. And you, you know, release them and entrust them to someone who is an adult, someone who's supposed to be responsible and someone who's be there to do their job, <laughs> which is to give them skills to be great in whatever that they do. And that's not the only thing that they're doing, right? They're molesting your child, right? And in that case, I'm just like, yo, that's fucked up because... There's so many other people that are hurt by this and harmed by this, right? It's the gymnasts themselves. It's their family members. Like, think about being a pops, like a dad, and then realizing that you sent your kid off to somebody that you trusted and they were violating that trust. Like, bro, I'll be ready to be somebody's ass several times over. (laughs) It'll be a problem. It would be a real problem. Um, And I think, you know, ultimately, you know where I'm going to go with this. I'm really focused on the folks who are not being held accountable. Right. Like this is Larry Nasser's in jail, but it's the FBI. It's the USA Gymnast whatever, Association, whatever you want to call it. I'm going to get the name later. Uh, it's USA Gymnastics. It's United States Olympics. Like all of those committees, those are people who knew about this and didn't do anything about it because they wanted to protect their brand and they wanted to protect their product. Right. And at the end of the day, they weren't even protecting their product, which are the ladies themselves. And so this one is a real easy one for me. I know we won't get into the weeds a little bit, but I just wanted to drop my hot take off the rip, which is I'll be somebody ass real quick. It's like, what are we talking about? I'll be straight in the court throwing hands. I get arrested and like get put off in a corner somewhere. But this would just be really disappointing for me. And I think I'd be really cerebral and going after those who haven't been held accountable, bro. They would be next in my line of sight to be like, yo, what are we going to do to them? Like, how are we going to prosecute them to the highest level of law and see where it lands? Because I think when we attack the individual that committed these crimes, that's one thing, but it's really the people that allowed this to happen and didn't hold that individual accountable. We need to attack those folks because those are the ones that allow this shit to persist, not just the individual guy who was out there committing these crimes. Man, listen, man, I don't I don't really have a, a, a very clear take on this and that it seems like it's something that happens always in places where there are young kids. There's already almost always a predatory adult. And that's something that doesn't really register to you when you're a kid or a teenager becoming an adult. But there has to be some sort of a switch that flicks in your head. You're like, you know what? 
I'm going to take advantage of these people. That's what I'm going to start doing. Like I was reading an article because I wasn't, I was trying to listen to the testimony from Simone Biles about it, you know, and I couldn't really get through it, man. Cause it was just so, it's so bugged out to hear somebody speaking about being molested to all these random people. Like that's the mm-hmm. story that she had to keep, you know what I'm saying? She probably locked deep down on herself to get through what she was getting through. You know what I'm saying? And now she got to share it on a public platform and people can get to ask her questions about the events. So she got to relive it. You know what I mean? And that's the thing that always bugged me out. Like one of the other people that was interviewed, I can't even remember their name. They asked her, did she get any relief when he was molesting her? It's like, what type of question is that? Like, what's like if I'm in a if I'm in a courtroom, I'm exclaiming, I'm getting, I'm what's the joint you getting contempt and contempt? What's wrong with you? Why would you what's wrong with you? What type of question is that? What's wrong with you? Are you crazy? Are you dumb? Like, why would you ask that? Like, did I get any comfort from being molested by this man who's I pose to trust that's supposed to help me become a champion? Like, come on, man. Ali raised man, man. Like, what we doing? How are we supposed to do that? Like, we we trying to figure out what, what we going to do to stop this from happening. And you ask me questions about the specifics and the ends and outs of him trying to get in and out of my pants. Like, what are we talking about, bro? We got we to gotta chill all the way out on that. And that's something I feel like we do a lot. And I just don't understand how, in a way, we put our kids in these situations, man. Like, you want to trust somebody and you just kind of just got to hope for the best. And that's literally what it is. You got to put your trust in someone you don't know, but they have this ability to help manifest greatness in your child. So you're trying to leverage, well, I'm going to trust this person. I hope my trust in this person helps to mitigate any trauma or problems that may occur between this child and this adult who I don't know, but I'm really trying to build a tether to, to help boost my child into a greatness, you know? And it just bugs me out, like, to hear that people was reporting it, reporting it, reporting it, reporting it, reporting it. And then the FBI, like, nah, we're going to sweep it under the rug because Slim, like, the most decorated gymnast coach ever, apparently. Like, he just keep winning, so we're going to let him do it. And that kind of makes me think about and harken back to the Jeffrey Epstein stuff with the pedophile island and all that other nonsense. It's always these people in positions of power that have connections to catapult people into these great positions, into these great rooms and network and all that other nonsense. And next thing you know, they're a pedophile, bro. And they're trying to get young people because they love the energy that young people have. And I just don't understand how something like this happens. It seems like it's a it's pretty much a feeling of the criminal justice system, but it's not, you can't really say it's a feeling when it seems like it's so like implicit. It's like it's something that's mm. it was it was just supported by the FBI, it's supported by the, the Olympics, it's supported by the gymnasts. It's like it's almost a given. Okay, back in the day, if you send your son to the Boy Scouts, mm-hmm. and it's like it's a 50-50 chance that this scout leader about to be a pedophile, bro. So it's like you really gotta get a feel for the scout leader because it's not really the organization in and of itself that's pedophilic in a way, because it shouldn't be nothing weird about you your kid to someone who has experience that's willing to teach your child, like to become an apprenticeship or someone. But it's almost when you think about it back in the traditional sense, this has been going on for millennia when like mm-hmm. the Greeks and the idea of someone being an apprentice, it almost came into with the caveat, like, yo, if you, I'm about to teach you this thing, I'm about to teach you this skill, but because of that, I'm going to get to molest you. It's like a thing. Like if you look at all the great teachers, Plato, Aristotle, Socrates, all of them, they was all molested, bro. 
I don't know, man. It seemed wild as I'm a Larry Nassar under the jail. He probably got a pumpkin head as soon as he moved in, unless he in PC. Because if he ain't in PC, he definitely getting killed because that's how they be walking mm-hmm. in prison. People be thinking prison just a place full of animals, but it is rules in prison. And you're not really supposed to be hurting women. You're not supposed to be hurting no, you really not supposed to be hurting no kids. So they find mm-hmm. out you're younger than a pedophile. It's pretty much over for you, buddy. It's over, Johnny. You better as well kill yourself because they're going to be <laughs> pumpkin head, bro. Yeah, man. I, I got, I, I, I don't, I'm not a thoughts and prayers guy. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just not. So, you know, I hope I hope Simone Biles is able to overcome this. But I mean, it's hard to say that when somebody like a 25 time world champion, seven time gold level gold medal Olympian, like it seemed like this is more than overcome for her. But at the same, but that's, that's not for my place to say as a male. You know, as a sister over the male, that's not my place to say. You know, mm-hmm. if I was more of a more other, I'd be able to say that. But um, I, I, you know, I hope that she. I hope wish her all the best, man. I hope she able to um, really make some lasting change for the people coming after her, man. I hear that hundred percent, man. And I think with this one, I think I want to focus on the the institutions versus individual people. And I've been kicking this around a little bit in my head, and not just for this example, but other things that we've seen in society where there are maybe one or a handful of particular individuals who are not holding themselves to a high standard as it relates to like being professional, right? And executing their job to the highest honor. And we always try to protect the institution and persecute the people. My Mm -hmm. thing is though, is that institutions only exist because of people, right? When we think about like the Senate, that's a room full of people making decisions. They make it in the same room every day. <laughs> so when we think about the Senate, we think about this, this building, this institution. It's like, no, but there's, you know, a hundred some odd people in that room making decisions. There are actual people there. And when I try to, the reason why I break it down that way, and you may say, oh, that's super basic. Yeah, we know it's people. It's like, yeah. And that helps you then sort of put a lens to it that like there are people like you and I making these decisions on a day-to-day basis on behalf of other citizens, millions of us on a day-to-day basis. And when you break it down to that level, it makes it a little bit easier for me to point out the people who are responsible for this. Mm -hmm. So I don't just see USA gymnasts. I don't see like, you know, the, the Olympic committee. I see the 150 people who are aware of this situation because there is nothing that they could do after it's already been done. Right. Like once Nasser was out there doing this to start, there's nothing you can do. You're only reacting to it now. Right. Mm-hmm. But once you then turn a blind eye to it, you're now allowing it to happen again. And then that means you're involved in the problem. Now this is your issue. And so I'm not thinking about the large committee necessarily because the brand means nothing to me. They are a host of people who allowed this to happen. And I want every single one of those people who had personal knowledge of this to have to go on record and talk about it too, just like the gymnasts and be humiliated again, you know, but for different reasons, because I sat here as a professional and I I learned what was going on and I didn't have the galls to step in front of it and say no to this, regardless if my job would be on the line or if I would then be cast out by my colleagues for, you know, speaking on the record, that's what needs to happen, right? And so I say this, Chris, knowing that I don't have to make these decisions at this point, but I am running a couple companies now. (laughs) So this is something that I'm going to come across. It's going to happen, right? Whether, you know, someone in my company, somebody I'm affiliated with does some shit 
that they're not supposed to, whether I'm accused of doing some shit, right, that, you know, people thought I did and I feel like I didn't do. There's going to be a lot of accusations that are thrown around and a lot of them are going to have truth and meat to it, just like these stories from these girls have truth and meat to them. Mm -hmm. And it's how we then investigate that and really go into the hood to really figure out what's going on. And to the point you made earlier, it's not getting the intimate details of every single thing this fucked up dude did to these girls. It's really thinking about, okay, how are we going to understand what happened for sure? Because we want to know a few details, but now put that into a place where we can then go after this dude and find some other evidence so that we can prosecute. Because I understand you need to get details for evidence, but how much detail do you need from one individual person on their hurt? <laughs> I'm saying, I'm saying, like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Like, and it, that's something that I've seen in Law and Order SVU. Like, you be watching Law and Order SVU. You know what I'm saying? You Anybody been in a relationship, you definitely threw on Law and Order SVU for like 20 episodes before. Like, don't don't sit yes. here and cap or not. Yes. Act like that's not the case. You've been in a relationship. It's been a light. Y'all was just watching Law and Order SVU. You know what I'm saying? And, and next thing you know, y'all trying to be intimate. It's like, nah, not, not, <laughs> not really... Boom, boom. It's like, next thing you know, somebody getting raped or molested, set on fire, kidnapped, child being hurt. It's like, yeah, then you want to go lay down? Hey, you no, I don't want to do nothing, man. You just, we just watched 20 episodes of, the, of people being pedophiles and women getting raped. I'm not about to touch you for nothing. What you talking about? You need to relax. You need to go put your hands up, ask the Lord to get that lust demon out you, because this is crazy. Why are you even feeling that way after watching that? But anyway, what I'm saying is, like in Law and Order, they like have these situations where the women that have to go in there and testify, and it's it's all fun, it's all good, like it's gravy until it's them trying to get on that public platform and being like, yo, so what exactly happened to you? And the woman's just like, I, what you mean? You ain't really tell me I was going to have to tell the intimate deep skills and recount the entire, the entire situation from start to finish. And that's always a problem. Like they'd be like, and another thing they always talked about, I remember they was like, did you orgasm during this event? And that's something they asked in these cases. That's mm -hmm. a real question. And it's like, it's, it's almost like, I don't understand why that's even being asked. You know, it's like some people, you know, it's an involuntary action, you know, mm -hmm. you know. So it's like, if that's the case, why would you ask that? Like, that's not important. What's important is this man took advantage of me without me knowing or without with me saying no or me resisting and he took advantage of me. He needed to be, or this woman took advantage of me and I wasn't mentally mm -hmm. prepared. And, you know, cause it worked both ways. I'm just gonna be honest. It worked, it's, you know, you know, you know how I yeah. get down on here, you know. So it's. It's just, it just don't make sense, bro. It just don't make sense. Chris, if a, a, a woman, you know, pins me in a corner and, you know, takes advantage of me, I'm probably going to finish. You want to know why? Because it happens. That, that, that doesn't mean I have to like this person. That doesn't mean that I'm appreciative of what they've just done to me. It means that it's a natural physiological reaction that I'm going to have when you are felt or touched in certain places, something's going to happen. So when I hear that question, I'm just like, first of all, there's got to be a man asking this question. And that's where I was going next. Got to be a pervert. Cause I'm like, how is this evidence helping you find justice, bro? Like, are you looking for tips? Cause this is not the place to do that. There's a whole website called Google. You might even want to ask G's if you want to. I was gonna say there's X videos. You know, you need some. You need some tips. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never want to point a pervert in the direction no, of porn because then enough. you're gonna find a little bit too much to get excited about. So, I don't you know, know, man. You're trying to go in there, man. You know, what I'm saying they got lots of tutorials. You're gonna get your games all the way together. Oh my god, where you learn this? No, you know, I'm just well experienced. You know, <laughs> this is not a laughing matter. <laughs> no, but. <laughs> I, I do appreciate that we could find some point in this to break for a laugh because this is, this is deeply dark shit. And the, the, the point I ultimately want to get to, though, is that this has happened 
And all of the ladies have said, yes, this is very terrifying. This is horrific. This is traumatic, mm-hmm. right? What they were most disappointed in is what did not happen after they raised these concerns in grave detail. And again, that's where I'm really laying my hat, right? Is where like, okay, after we have learned this information, what do we now do with it? And Chris, you know, my my hat, my whole tagline is about accountability. It's like, how are we going to hold ourselves accountable to our responsibilities? And when I take an oath, when I decide that I'm going to let children into my presence, when I'm going to let anybody into my presence, I have a personal responsibility to protect them. And to protect them means I have to serve them. Right. And I have to create safe spaces for them to be able to take on any of the gifts that they came to get from me. And when I allow other people around me to violate that, I've also then committed a crime because I'm not preventing that from happening in the future. And I'm not doing what's in their best interest to sort of stop the pain that they're feeling right now. I can't go back and change anything that has happened to you, but I'm very sorry that it happened on my watch. And this is what I'm going to do to ensure that that shit never happens again, regardless of who's involved. Right. And I think that there's such a power struggle between individuals like you brought up Jeffrey Epstein. People probably don't want to hear that. But all these people run in the same camp. Right. Like like you said, they have an incredible amount of power. They have an incredible amount of leverage. And in these cases, I could imagine there are people who do want to say, like, no, we got to get these folks by any means necessary. We got to put them behind bars. And next, you know, a photo pops up of like, hey, we know where your kid is. We know where we know that your grandmother's sick. Or we know that you have debt here. Like, we know that these games are played, and so it gets people to close their mouths. But at the end of the day, Man, who's going to say what for who? What What you going to do, Chris, with somebody coming to you and tell you you got Kago in a cage? If you if you go ahead and snitch, they're going to flip the cage. What well, you going to do? Put, they put my, well, first of all, that's not even a question, because I don't see that happening. Anything I can do, my brother can do. So if somebody trying to put <laughs> in the cage, I don't see it happening. It, it had to be a bunch of, it had to be a, a gang of people. It had to be a How gang. How do you think this happens? I'm yes. just, a, I'm just. A bunch, I, a bunch of people got Kago tranquilized to put them in a cage. I'm just saying, that's, then first thing, you guys, we are really leveraged, like, yo, why would you even do that? Because now, if something happens to my brother, it don't really matter. Like, I'm going to hear my brother out, and in the back of my mind, I'm going to be thinking, I'm going to find you. It's gonna be over. I'm gonna find you. It's gonna be over. Are you talking about beating somebody? You like you talking about beating somebody up? Somebody molest your kid? I have a kid. They get molested. They get the person getting molested. Like it's no other. It's no other question. It's no other question. Like I'm going to go molest this person. That's what's happening. Like what we, I'm a, I'm I'm draconian eye for eye, bro. You t- you touch my kids. I'm cutting your hands off. What you talking about? And then I'm going to go get the baseball bat. We'll see. We'll show you what's really good. What's up with you? You know what's wrong with you? We we want set up. We want make it square. Hopefully they got nanotechnology, something to help my kid get that memory out their head. You know what I'm saying? Cause you know, certain things therapy, <laughs> certain places therapy just can't reach. And that's, that's mm-hmm. becoming more and more evident every day. Cause anyway, you, unless you got one of them, you know, them real therapists that really don't care about individuals. They just really into the science of making people feel better. Cause a lot of therapists, I feel like just people that be trying to hear gossip. And cause there's no way it's like everybody, mm. everybody ain't a mother of therapist nowadays. It's like slim. You can barely manage your life. <laughs> How the, are you manage my life? I look at you. You're a mess. You're a mess. Why are you trying to tell me how I should live my life? You're a mess. What are you talking about right now? So it's like, I don't, I don't understand where that's even coming from, bro. Like people be getting leverage over people and be trying to call people out. Bro, anonymous tips. Leak it to the, leak it out. Leak it out to the, you know, 
Because certain everybody know that that's the way you got to move. If you really that type of dude and you try to be real virtuous, but you know you a whole time, you a scumbag on the low, like you a furry that like to go to sex dungeons and got BDSM videos and stuff like that of you getting pegged and all these other wild nonsense. Bro, you know you're not the right person to be releasing no information. Go ahead and slide it to a reporter. You know what I'm saying? That's what you need to do. Because that's the only way to really get people out the way is with the court of public opinion. Because once you can put the court of public opinion to cast that first stone, like, yo, you're wrong. You shouldn't have did that. We knew you were wrong. Stop that. I'm going to make a change doc or a petition. You're getting a hundred, you're getting a thousand tweets a day. You know what I'm saying? That's when you start saying real active change. You're getting a, you're getting an email every 30 hours. I got 20, I got 2,500 emails every 30 hours. I don't know what's going on. I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> they put my, they put my address. People been driving past my home every two, every five minutes. A new car drive past called me a piece of shit. I don't know what's going on in my life. Please, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. People, that's when you get change happen. When you start harassment, harassment equals change. Not this passive, you know, you know what I'm saying? So, even with this stuff with the FBI you talking about and all that other stuff, we know what's going on over there, man. Mm-hmm. It's not a, it's, children are not a primary objective in life. Mm-hmm. They just not. Cause at the end of the day, you're not a person of influence and you're not about to get my budget increase. So why am I about mm-hmm. to go chase pedophiles across the world when I know I can get my budget increase for chasing these, this cell of terrorists for trying mm-hmm. to get this information on this criminal organization when I could try to figure out how, how come Rick Ross can afford a hundred cars and doesn't have a license? How can he even buy a car? I thought you need a license to buy a car. It's like, I can investigate things like that will increase my budget as opposed to we need to stop this child predator who has over a hundred allegations against him, has a, a litany of reports. No one's ever investigated. No, I'm not going to do that. Why? Because it's not going to give me no budget. I'm not going to be nothing. I'm not, it's not going to give me nowhere. So, it's, you know, you think about it in that sense, it's like, what was the upside of the FBI researching it for real? Because at the end of the day, the dude got results. Him being a pedophile was just a negative, a con to the list of pros that people saw with the United States Gymnast Association and with the Olympics. Like, as long as he keep on producing these these talents, it don't really matter if he's a pedophile. And that's what's really, when you start getting into the nitty gritty of it, a lot of the time, that's what happens. When people are great at something, they get a lot of room. (laughs) Mm -hmm. A lot of room. And it don't really matter. Like, when you think about uh, Joe Jackson beating the hell out the Jacksons. It's like, mm-hmm. man, that wasn't right. But yo, he beat the he beat greatness into Michael Jackson. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> beat yeah. greatness into he beat greatness into that man. Uh, Venus and Serena Williams getting forced to play tennis in the night in the early nineties. Man, he was hard on them girls, but you know what? He critiqued greatness into them. They have a very, very sharp image of themselves because of that. It's like every time there's someone great coming from relative nothingness or obscurity, there's a mm-hmm. moment in which trauma, extreme trauma, makes this person into a champion. And that's almost consistent across all stories. When it's a person that's a nobody or come from a family that's not of any really repute, to trauma next thing you know great i'm great i'm great why are you great depression why are you great abuse why are you great self-help self-hate it's like these are things that are present and almost every great person that's coming from these stories so i could imagine this this probably ain't started when he joined the federation this probably started early in his career because we talked about this before chris and i don't speculate too much but hurt people hurt people you know what I mean? So when you think about the folks who then go out and start to cast these stones on other folks, they've usually been stoned themselves. Right. And so I can only in this sense think about like, what was this dude's life like for him to go off and think that this was OK? Right. That's one thing. But again, Chris, I just got to come back. When you learn about these things, what do you do? 
what you do. And I think here the FBI fucked up, the Federation's fucked up. And now we all know about it. So like you said, in the court of public opinion, you know, like what are we going to push for to happen? Because something has to. And the thing is, this is happening still across other organizations. We haven't heard about it just yet, right? But it is happening. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, what are other organizations that are seeing this played out in real life? What are they now going through in their minds to say, okay, we have something similar to this happening or has happened before, right? And we have a brand that we need to protect. How do we protect ourselves in case this comes out? And not in a sense to hide it or to mask it, because that's what some people will inevitably do, but it's just how can we start um, reconciling this right now? What can we do in advance of it? Because maybe a a handful of us slept on our hands or sat on our hands for too long on this, Mm -hmm. and there's something we need to do about it. My main issue with saying all of this is, is that you're only really doing it to protect your brand. (laughs) You're not doing it because you want to protect the hearts and the minds um, and the lives of these children and their family who now have to sort of build that trust again, build that love again with their children. And hey, if you're not 16 and now you're 25, that's going to be something that stays with you your whole life. You're going to have, you're potentially going to have major trust issues. Right. That's going to affect you when you're trying to be intimate with your partner. That's going to mess with you when you're trying to build relationships with people that you trust. Right. Thinking about their doctors outside of the sport like that's going to carry over. And then how does that impact their children that they have? Right. Because you at that point, it wouldn't be too crazy to think that you'd be a helicopter parent. Right. And so I think about the, the 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 chain of events and the chain that it creates as we move forward, because we're all interlinked. And my thing is that this is unfortunate. It's nothing new. But in these instances, I think that this type of event now that's on a public platform in the court of public opinion, we have to do something about it and set the tone for others who have committed these crimes and who will try to commit these crimes in the future. We have to let them know how we respond to it. Yeah, man, they need, they need to bring back to catch a predator. Let- mm. There was a brief moment in history where TV was very moral. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm not going, I'm not going to really get more into that because it's going to be negative towards where we are today and what we showed like to the masses through media. Mm-hmm. But there was a moment in time when TV kind of used to let you know what's, what's really good <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> when it came to certain things. Like ch- to catch a predator, that was primetime television, bro. Like, I've been watching that when I was little. Like, yeah, get that. Get that animal. He's a he's a savage. Get him. Get him. Get that you know yeah, get him out of here. <laughs> like, look at him. And that used to help me understand what it... Because you little, you know what I'm saying? You trying to figure out... You know, I don't know if you ever been in a chat room when you was 11, you know what I'm saying? Mm. 10, 11, 12, you know what I'm saying? You on the AOL chats, you know, you in there talking spicy, you know, and it's just... It, get, it goes somewhere it ain't supposed to go. And you're a little kid, you trying to manage that. You're like, man, what's... Mm. What is this person talking about, man? What's what's happening? What's going on? And the catch predator was like, "Yeah, we got you, perverted justice. We sent one of our you know, our decoys in to really lure men." Next thing you know, we just said hello. Next thing I know, I got sent a bunch of lewd images from Mister Rogers. It's like that's a hundred percent what happens. So, mm-hmm. you know, America's most wanted. You said, "Let you know what type of time it is." Oh, you trying to be a criminal? Let me put your face on TV real fast. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> cops. Oh, you think you going to, you think cops not working? Boom. Let's put this on TV. Let you know what's really, how's really giving it up. How we giving it up? You won't run if you won't. It, I never seen nobody get away on cops. Not once. Like when I was little, I thought the police was just all super athletes. Like I was just like, I'm never committing a crime. Like, you know where I grew up? 
crime mm. is prevalent. It's easy to get involved. But after watching cops, I'm like, man, I'm not sure if I'm built for this. Like they, you gotta know how to run, jump, fight, climb. You got and you gotta be able to do a seamlessly transition from one sport to the other. Like you might be sprinting, then you're hiking, then you're crawling, then you're boxing. Like I'm not, I'm not equipped for this. I read books. Like what we don't like, I'm not sure. <laughs> I can do to be a criminal. You you gotta be kind of in shape. And then the police just out here just catching everybody always. You know what I'm saying? Those things used to really be a deterrent. Like the investigative journalism stories that used to come through and massage parlors, the dark secret. And they talked about how the human trafficking used to be happening in massage parlors. Like those stories really aren't as big as they used to be. Now everything seemed like a thought piece. It's not really mm. when it, in the 90s, and you know, it wasn't a thought piece. Like, yo, this is happening, bro. And we it needs to stop. So mm-hmm. I say all that to say. Man, I don't know what's going on, but you know, read the Bible, guys. You know what I'm saying? It's all sitting on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're, in the, we're in the last days. You know what I mean? Sodom and Gomorrah. Look it up. Sodom and Gomorrah. That's where we are in America. Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, but nah, man, it's just it just seemed real sad that it was happening, man. They need to bring them shows back to scare pedophiles and back into the darkness. Mm-hmm. Make it seem like something that's not achievable because it's so achievable right now. It just because everybody, every time you hear about it, it'd be a pedophile on trial. Some done molested 500 kids. It's like, mm-hmm. what? Wait, 500 people, nobody told. And then they come out, well, 45, 150 of the 500 told. Mm-hmm. Why is this just now coming out? Well, mm-hmm. one of the people he molested happened to become someone of influence. So now we're going to take it seriously. Bro, <laughs> if I, I have a kid and they tell me somebody, like I said, I have a kid. They tell me somebody getting somebody molested them. First thing we going to do, we going to go see him. And I'm not going to, it's not going to be on no type promise and violence, no type stuff like that. It's not even a conversation. It's just, you just got to wait. It's not even going to be vengeance. It's just justice. It's like, come on, man, Batman. <laughs> Batman, what are we talking about? It's Batman. Like I was watching the last piece. I'm, I was watching Batman. Oh, I got HBO. Gold. I mean, the Max is right now. So that's, that's legendary. First of all, HBO Max. HBO Max. It's legendary. Like I, I keep forgetting to get my brother a login. I got to give him the login, bro. It's legendary. So I was watching um Batman, um Flash, the cartoon animated joint, the Flashpoint mm-hmm. paradox. Bro, they had a Batman where Bruce Wayne died. He got shot instead of his father. So his father became Batman. Thomas Wayne, Ooh. guess what he was using? Guns. He wasn't with the karate. He wasn't with the karate. He was not with the karate, bro. He had guns. He was like, I'm not playing with you. You, you trying, you wait, you trying to do what? Guns. What are we talking about? No fighting. No, he ain't fighting nobody. His whole mission, I'm shooting you in the head. What's up? Son, the first thing they introduced this man, he threw the chick off a building, bro. She ain't giving him the information he wanted. He's like, I hope you can fly through off the building, kilter, bro. I was like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's if I'm Batman, that's the type of time I'm on, bro. That's gun fool. What are we talking? I'm not fighting you. So you can get out. I'm shooting you in the head. Why you capital punishment, man? What we talk, Texas. What we talking about, man? It's over. You know what I'm saying? You ain't gonna handle no kid. Um, but um, yeah, man. So, and I think that's why man has been trying to get into space. <laughs> oh, now we transition to that. <laughs> I think that's why, because we realize the earth is a terrible cesspool of misconduct and amorality. So we're now trying to look to space as a place, as the final refuge for people that have class, tact, and want to live a life away from the dregs of society. And they know the best way to leave the dregs of society is to go somewhere where the dregs can't go. And that's out of space. Oh, that's where we're going with this one? That's where we're going, that's, that's where we're going with That's, that's my take. You said, why are people looking in the space? That's why. That's where we go. That's where we go. Ultimately, I don't have a, a deeper, richer take of like why people are going in space. My focus is on, Chris, we have masses of wealth in this country. 
And yet you still got a lot of poor people, a lot of broke people, a lot of people who can't get what they need. You already know I'm going with this. Put me, put me on a tape recorder, rewind it back, play oh me God. again. You're going to hear the same thing. Okay. Put me on it. Mm. Yo, what are we going to achieve in space? Chris, what are we going to achieve in space? Is that a question for me to answer? Yes, that's, 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 that's a question. That's not a rhetorical question. That's, what that's we, what question. are we going to achieve in space? We're getting yeah. away from the dregs of society. That's what we're achieving. Separation. Who created, who's responsible for the dregs of society? Bro, don't get me into this. <laughs> Themselves, so bro. Themselves, bro. It's, it's, life is about choices. Life is about choices. Life is about choices. You make choices. I've shared my story on here a billion times. I'm not supposed to be here, bro. I know that's anecdotal and all that. I'm not supposed to be here, bro, but I made good decisions. Good okay. choices. Okay, yeah. Let's let's dig into that, Chris. Good Why choices. are you not supposed to be here? Because I'm supposed to be a, a, a animal, bro. I should have started a gang. That's what I should have did. I should have, I should have I should be, I should have been Tookie Williams. I should have been somebody like that. I can talk. I'm tall, I'm handsome, I'm funny, I'm charismatic, handsome. I'm social. People people would follow me if I entered into that lifestyle at a young age. People would have followed me, but I didn't. Wanna know why? Because I had a moral grandmother who put the fear of God in me. It's no way. It was no, I didn't want to deal with it. I was very afraid. I was a scared child. I didn't want to deal with my grandmother put her hands and feet on me for being bad. I didn't want to disappoint my mom. I didn't want to disappoint my brother. I didn't want to disappoint my, my mother. You know what I'm saying? They didn't want to disappoint my grandmother. People around me that were supporting me. It would be a letdown to them if I was to slide into that lifestyle. It didn't make sense. It just didn't mm-hmm. make sense. Because I saw I could be positive. So I did those things. I didn't do drugs. I didn't drink. I didn't do none of the stuff that people do that help you to fall into that negative and to become a statistic. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't. I, I spent my whole youth not trying to become a statistic. <laughs> That's what I did. <laughs> Because it was very easy to become a statistic the way that I grew up. It was, it was, it was a thin line. I was tap dancing on the line. <laughs> I was tap dancing, tap dancing, bro. I was tap dancing, and I got across. And now I'm, you know, I'm an old vestige of whiteness because I <laughs> into middle into middle classness. I've made it. <laughs> well, Chris, I'm here to say, do you not think you're a statistic though? In what way? We're we're all statistics. In what way though? You know what I mean when I say statistic though. I know you're talking about just a negative statistic. Yeah, exactly. You, yeah. Know, you, know, you don't want to be another tick on the death count. Man, I'm, I'm, a, I'm uh-huh. a Kevin Samuels statistic right now, man. I'm a, I'm a Kevin Samuels, top 1% of men. That's what I'm, <laughs> I'm a Kevin Samuels, man, top 1%. I have a high value. <laughs> I'm a high value man, man, Ray Pill. You know what I'm saying? That's what I am. I don't prescribe to none of that, but it, it's is, that's what I am, bro. And the, the social yes, world, that's where I'm at, bro. <sighs> okay, so Chris, oh, oh, you know I'm going here. So go ahead and play this as much as you want to and deflect. I'm not deflecting. Why, why was that lifestyle of a fast and dangerous lifestyle, why was that the most prevalent and easy to graph lifestyle? Why was that the case? I'm glad you made the choice and you had people in your corner yeah. to push you and to hold you accountable and you accepted that accountability. Yeah. But why was that lifestyle, the street lifestyle, so prevalent and easy for you to grasp. Why did that exist? You want to say, you're going to say it's because it was an opportunity. It was a, a lack of opportunity in the inner city to be able to do things that are positive. That's what you want me to say. And I'm going to say, that's true. But there's also, you, you could just struggle until you don't have to struggle no more. Say more. Like, the wildest part about growing up, the way I grew up, was that people that was in the lifestyle would see you and tell you not to get into the lifestyle. It was never an invitation like, hey, you should come with me. Hey, you should come do this thing for me. Hey, could you do this for me? That was yeah. never the thing. It was always, oh, you going to school? That's good. Oh, you not selling drugs? That's good. Oh, I heard that you do so-and-so. Here's some money. Keep doing that. Oh, I heard that you can paint. Oh, I heard you was testifying trying to make sure that we getting guns off the neighborhood. 
that's real good, bro. Keep doing that. And it wasn't a it wasn't a condescending thing. It was like, nah, they real life, like, yeah, my little nephew got killed because of the lifestyle I'm in, and you're trying to help to stop people from getting killed. I understand that. And I that's not for me, but I'm happy that you're doing it and I'm going to support you in this way here. Oh, you coming through the neighborhood to knock on doors, I'm gonna make sure nobody don't bother you. You know what I'm saying? It's things like that. It's like that's a that's a that was a thing. So it's like for me to say that it was a lack of opportunity, yes, that's true. But it also is like you, you got to take advantage of the opportunities that presented towards you. And a lot of people are always gonna say, "What is it?" What do I say it always. Even growing up, I used to say, "It starts in a home." If you don't have nobody that good foundation of people that's putting that fear of God into you, you're not gonna really, you know, because a lot of us grew up. We was bigger than our mother, bigger than our father. By the mm-hmm. time we was eleven, you know what I'm saying? Twelve. What you gonna tell me? I'm your size. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you better get it. You had to get a broom, a brick, something, because that's this little belt. It's not gonna work. You know what I'm saying? So let, me, so let me jump in there then. Okay, so you have folks who were in the street life who recognized that you were not going to join that life, so they supported you. Uh huh. All right. And so, how many of there were you? Would you say in your neighborhood? Oh, the people that was in my class that graduated high school, I can only count a couple on my hands. I think I can count on my hands, my graduating class from people mm-hmm. I went to elementary school with that graduated mm-hmm. high school. They may have achieved this because now I'm 30 or whatever. They probably achieved some equivalency if they're not dead or in jail or on drugs. They probably got like the GED or something because that became a big thing in like the 2010s. A lot of people I grew up with, I heard was getting a GED because they dropped out. Mm. So it was like that was a big thing that happened because people began to realize, yo, I'm not stupid. I'm just I just was wilding. I was bugged out. So then one more question I didn't have. Mm-hmm. So, Chris, if there's 100 kids. You're one of the kids who, who quote unquote, got out, right? Yeah. So give me a percentage. What percentage of kids that you started elementary with are in the same position as you, where they, they've they gone on to, 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 to have remote success and are safe and sound in this world? What's the percentage of those folks? I'll probably say about, I'll say probably about maybe maybe three to five percent. Because some people doing better than me, you know what I'm saying? I'll be honest. Some people, some people doing 100%. better than me. Now you're saying right now, on the record, like three to five percent of yeah. y'all. Yeah. Got out and did your thing. Ninety five percent. I don't know what happened. Got, to them. got yeah. stuck in the dregs of society. Yeah, probably, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's Chris, easy. To my point, and why is it so easy, Chris? Because it's hard to be an achiever. No, because it's set up that no, way. No, it's hard to be an achiever, Chris. You, you know how I am. You know. How yes. I am. Yeah. 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 I because I am. yeah, I'm a. Yeah. I am. I'm not a bootstrapper, but I'm somebody that's. That you gotta do the hard thing, bro. Sometimes you gotta do the hard thing. It's easy to do the bad thing. It's easy to do the lazy thing. It's easy to not care about yourself. It's easy not to care about others. It's hard to do mm-hmm. the opposite of that. Yeah, it is. It is. And I'm also in the camp that a lot of people need to be told what to do in order to be great. We cannot rely on everyone and their individual spirit to propel them forward. I do believe we're all deeply resilient as human beings. I do believe that we are, but that resiliency can be broken if it's not fortified at a certain stage. So if you do not have a mother or a grandmother or a father or a grandfather or just some adult in your life that is really going to paint that picture for you of what a future could be beyond this neighborhood and tell you what roles and responsibilities you have in the household and in the classroom and in the street to being able to look good for this family and you're going to take your ass off to go do xyz you are just now telling me about up to 95 percent of your people around you in your community didn't go off to do things probably beyond high school you think they had that type of support in the house? You think they had that type of support in the classroom? No, nah, they didn't. You persisted. You were strong-willed. You had the support systems that you needed to be able to go off and be who you are today, which I'm proud of. And I got to meet you. So I'm blessed. 
but a lot of our peers weren't. I started my high school class with a thousand kids, only 225 of us graduated. And that was after the school was transitioned from a public school in LAUSD to a charter school under Green Dot Public Schools. That graduation rate probably would have been closer to like 110, 115. A little bit over 10% of people who start at Lane Leroy Lock High School would have graduated. And because we got it up to 25%, that was called a success. Fast forward eight years or so, now their graduation rate is 80 plus percent, which is where it should be. So Chris, I could tell you from this, I had the same upbringing you had as it relates to the strength that I had in the house, right? But I also had brothers who had that same strength, which was my mother, and had that same financial backing, which was my father. And both my brothers went on a different path than me, right? Same thing, folks in my neighborhood, smart kids, really excited about life, had an imagination, yet they ended up in the dregs. Those are not all just by the individual choices that they made. Some decisions are made for you. And so what I'm saying is that if you're put forth the menu of options where you can't even touch what other selections are presented there, and there are some that are easier for you, Yes, it all comes down to decisions. But when you're making life choices at eight and nine and 12 years old, sometimes the experience that you have that has gotten you to where you've gone and the experience that I've had that's gotten you to where I've gone is not the same for everybody else. And so I can't look at myself as the exemplar. (laughs) I don't actually look at my peers, folks in my neighborhood as the exemplar of what actually happens when society fucks you over from the start. So when I think about to bring this back to SpaceX, because this is where this all started with, you have millions and billionaires fighting for a seat to go to space. Yes. To then take the dregs that they created to create dregs in space. Man, listen, man, you 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 got it backwards, bro. How does a person being a billionaire make a drag of society? I don't understand well, it. I never understood the correlation. Yeah, because because yeah. I'm worth a billion dollars, that's why that person mm-hmm. broke. No, I was broke too. Now I'm worth a billion. You were broke too. And now you're making extreme levels of money and your workload has not increased at the time and rate and speed of your income. You only way you can increase, increase your capacity for work is to hire other people. And there's no way you're going to pay them the same amount of money that you're going to pay yourself. And as you continue to climb that ladder yourself, you need more and more people. It becomes a bit of a triangle. So at that wider base, you're paying people below minimum wage so that you can then have a salary that puts you in luxury. Did you earn it, Chris? Yes. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. I'm going to give you that. That's I'm not saying you didn't earn it. All billionaires earned it. They did something to get it. Sweet. But how do, they, how do they maintain it and sustain it, which is the hardest thing to do in society? Off the backs of other people. That's what they say. And Off the backs of other people. And who else is also living along with them? Not the folks who are doing the day-to-day grind work that allows them to live in their palaces. And I'm saying this to you, Chris, (laughs) as a founder of two companies that's going to employ people. And I will have to battle this. And what I'll have to think about is how much capital I take away from other folks. Yeah, you're looking at me crazy right now. But I'm telling you, this is why I want to do things differently. I'm going to have to think about what are the implications of our revenue models, right? And our profit margin and all those things and how I compensate my team and my staff. 
Because at the end of the day, when you come and work with me, you're not just building me the empire that I want to have. I want you to be a part of that empire to build your own as well. So does that mean stakeholders, the folks who are investing in this and all that, are they not going to have the same margins or then the stock price is not going to be as high or valuable for them? Yeah, we're all going to eat. There's a way to do it, but we've never been incentivized to do it. And so when we talk about billionaires and millionaires, I don't care that you got bread. You got enough bread, but you have more than enough than to help others do the same. Where's your personal and social responsibility and accountability to see others to success, not just your own? Bro, this this is literally the example, like, I don't know if you've seen that image circulating online or the Amazon warehouse that was built in the, like, the burial in Mexico. Mm-hmm. You seen, seen that? I haven't so seen it. So it's a picture of the brand new Amazon where that ain't like the future, bro. Like that, it looked like the future, and then it's just mm-hmm. surrounded by these shoddy, like a shoddy town of people just. Yeah, you built that shit in Mexico. Yeah. No, but, but that's racist. For a second, that's not. The, that's not the. That's not the. If point you built I, it in Arkansas, I would say the same thing. <laughs> it would be shacks and shoddy towns, though. In Arkansas, I mean, yeah, it's gonna be flatlands. Have you have you not been to Arkansas? Of course not. What I look like? Okay, I'm trying exactly. to make it home. I'm going home. I'm making it home. <laughs> Um, go somewhere I ain't wanted. You haven't been to Alabama. You haven't been to Mississippi. No, no, no. What? What's there? Good Southern cooking. I got that here. Um. Anyway, like I was saying, and people were saying it's Amazon's responsibility to make sure these people don't live in shacks. How? The shacks were there before you put out business there. If our warehouse wasn't there, these people would still be living in shacks, and they wouldn't have jobs. So I'm trying mm-hmm. to understand what's more socially responsible than making 100,000 jobs. All you got to do is apply. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. I, I, okay, you got to like it's, it's mad. I'm just saying, it just to me, it's, it's just like I get that people be like, it's society, you're a billionaire, you need to redistribute your wealth. Why? I'm, I'm not, it's not, even, y'all acting like I got a billion dollars in my pocket. Like, oh yeah, I got a billion, let me just give everybody 100,000 on my pocket. That's not how it works. I'm a billionaire because my company is worth a billion dollars and I have infinite credit because I have a company worth X amount of money. It's not mm-hmm. like my, like even Jeff Bezos, his salary is not that high. It's like he make, he probably make a couple million dollars, but his he's a billionaire because he owns Amazon, which make, it gives him a line of credit when you leverage it against your business. So it's like, when you think mm-hmm. about it like that, it make way more sense. It's not like Jeff, Bez, Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk, these type of people, they worth, they, blur, they worth the bread but they don't have it on hand to be redistributing. That's not how it works. All the money is, it's not liquid like that. Mm-hmm. The only person that really got liquid money like that, probably for real, for real, is the president because he could just print money. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? The, the, even the queen of England ain't worth that much money. She she worth less than J.K. Rowling. <laughs> like, th- think about that. J.K. Rowling worth more than the queen of England. Oh, well, she books. should be because she, she actually does work like write books and sells the creative ideas to people versus keeping the patriarch alive. We've had this conversation already, Chris. What, what you mean you keep keeping the patriarch alive? What you talking about? Her, her, she literally came out against a whole bunch of gay stuff. J.K. Rowling, real problematic, quote unquote, for real life. Oh, no, 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 no. Nah, see, see, I caught him. See, I caught him. Ladies, I caught him. I caught him. No, you didn't. You just activated my trap card. <laughs> and I'm a break free uh, because no, we're not talking about the same thing right now. I just said J.K. Rowling breaks writes books. Okay, that's why she gets paid. Okay, I don't care what her personal beliefs are. That's not what we're talking you about here. You should. I'm talking about the actual <laughs> Queen of England and that family. They don't have any real responsibilities to their society that they overlook. They won. I told you. 
Okay. Now back. They to, won. They won. You hey, level the hate. They are, no, they, they are winning. They are winning. They are winning. And it's unfortunate because the people of England, the people who are living underneath that government or whatever you want to, that establishment, whatever you want to call them, are doing way more work than this family has ever really done. And they continue to do that work. So, Chris, I'll say this. Yes getting money to people is not just to cash deposits. You don't just drop $100,000 in everybody's bank account. I know that that is the case, right? So I'm not always talking about liquid funds, funds that you can move to people so they can see that. Yeah. But you, you 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 could increase employee salary. I'm not saying Amazon drops it to my neighborhood. Amazon is now responsible for fixing my neighborhood, the ills of my neighborhood. But it is advantageous for them to come to my neighborhood anyway. Just like we had the story on here where we talked about Southeast. Why would you build a business in Southeast? Property value. You can get something nice and large, cheap and easy. And you know what you can also do? Because the people in those areas don't have power. They have no leverage. They have nobody fighting for them. You can take their land. And then you can build something large and bring all of your Amazon employees who make $100,000 plus in corporate. You can bring them in and they'll buy the homes around the neighborhood. And that'll increase the value of the neighborhood. So Southeast, as it looked before, is going to look a little different now. Okay. The homes are going to look a little different. People mm-hmm. gonna look a little different. People and everybody around. that was once there won't be there anymore. They'll get pushed off somewhere else. Mm-hmm. It's gonna happen to that same place in Mexico. The difference is it's Mexico. So you're not gonna have a bunch of 100,000 employees come there and quote unquote, improve as they dissolve the neighborhood. You're just gonna build your facilities there and the people around there are just gonna eat the waste because you have no responsibility to them. So I don't know if that's a good example to bring up, Chris, because yeah, I'm not saying that you're responsible for the neighborhood around you, the community around you. I think you should play a role. I'm talking about your employees in that facility. You're not paying them. Those are the people that you could take care of, but you're you're not taking care of them. Bro, you're not gonna sit here and tell me to do this filling up a box Man, I can't get into this. It's going to make me sound real bad, man. I'm not somebody that believe in that everybody should be making the same amount of money. I'm just not. There's no reason a doctor should be making the same amount as a dude who clean toilets. Like, it's plum- it's plumbers that make more than doctors. It's 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 garbage men who make more than teachers. You know what I'm saying? It's teachers mm-hmm. that make more than, you know, college professors. It just depends on where you end up. Like, mm-hmm. and that's the, that's the, that's kind of the beauty of America. It ain't like it's set across the world. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, what are we talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? Redistributing wealth? Like, the minimum wage need to be $50 an hour. For what? Because the cost of living is $50. So how are you going to pay me under the cost of living and a living wage? And I can't even afford to be here. Why does the cost of living cost so much? Why does it, Chris? Because I think you. you would have the same answer. The cost of living in California and New York are you gonna blame this on politics? No, I'm just just go ahead, just go on, because I got a reason. Why the cost of living <laughs> costs so much? I know why. Resources. Re- what resources? I don't really have an answer for you. Chris. I'm, really, I'm, I'm, I'm really I'm really waiting on your answer. Right so now. the reason cost of living go up because everybody decide every year that everything will cost more money. It's a, it's nothing is set as a price. <laughs> People just raise the price incrementally. Everybody that makes stuff make it more expensive to make stuff. Why not just say, yo, you can't charge more than this to make plastic. You can't charge more than this to make rubber. You can't charge more than this to make paper. And the cost, oh, you want to make lumber? You you can't charge more than this for lumber. 
Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's the way to stop the cost of living from going up. It don't go up because everybody make more money because that's obviously not true. <laughs> it's because stuff costs more to manufacture. It's the same reason why people don't make stuff in America because it costs too much to manufacture with unions and mm-hmm. trades and this and that. and this. And, it costs too much. That's why Amazon, like, you know, we put in a facility in Mexico. Why? Because it's cheaper to build in Mexico and just transport. It's cheaper to build a whole facility in Mexico and transport it back to the United States than it is to actually make the facility in the United States. So Why? it's because the cost of living in the United States is higher than it is in Mexico. Things cost less in Mexico than it does in the United States because we all agree in America that it's okay to pay $5 for a loaf of bread. <laughs> Nowhere else in the world. Yeah. Not a lot of places in the world. That's okay. You could go to an actual bakery and get a loaf of bread for like two bucks. But in grocery stores, they $5 because we all willing to pay $5 for a loaf of bread. Oh, you want some water, which is used to be free? Oh, nah, but you want it in a special bottle. That's going to cost you $8.99 for just a little liter. Little liter, that's it. One liter, $8.99. You're going to pay it for it. Why? Because it's $8.99. That means it must be good water. My man, it's the same tap. They make them all in the same facility. It's all owned by Coca-Cola. You drinking Coca-Cola water. Like what we talk about, you drinking Pepsi water. And they, so they put it in different is, bottles. So my question is, do you think we dictate that or the people who are presenting us with the bottles? Are dictating this. We dictate it because we decide what we're going to buy. We because we because we, ult- we ultimately because we ultimately make choices. Yeah, we all accept the prices. It's a thing I learned that gotcha. in marketing. They 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 put a product out. Listen, they put a product out and they see what's the breaking point, the making break point for how much can we turn a profit for this. Boom, they figure out the minimum cost to break even, the break even cost, and then they put a premium on top of that. And then they mm-hmm. say, what are willing the people willing to pay? So they put it in different stores for different prices when they launch it. And next thing you know, mm-hmm. they figure out the median price. That's what it is. It's like cheesy crust pizza. And I remember when that came out in Domino's, it used to be expensive to get cheesy crust pizza. Why? Why? Because it was, it was rare. It was hard to get. It wasn't at every facility. They was figuring it out. And then they figured out, oh, it costs this much to make it. We got all the machines to make everything mad easy peasy. Now they only set it's $8 for a cheesy crust pizza. I think it used to mm-hmm. be like $12. For, that seemed like a lot for a little medium. That's a lot. That's a yeah, lot. Of money. That was real. That was real special to do that. That's what but. I'm saying. So it's like that's the thing. We agree to these things. The same thing with rent. Like we all agree that rent should just go up every year, and no one's ever been like, "Yo, why are we just agreeing to this?" We always say it's the billionaires and billionaires' fault. It's not. It's it's kind of society's fault for accepting it. Yes, because I do believe, and I think we're gonna. I don't know if we have enough time to get to to the end of where I really want to go with this, but we'll we'll probably do this offline, Chris. When we decide, so water used to be free. Yeah. There'd be water wells. You could go to the water well mm-hmm. and you can get free water. Um, and then what happened to those water wells? They were- Tainted, poison. Uh, they were previously Dried owned it. by the, yeah, probably, yeah, a little bit. So they were probably owned by your local government, mm. right? And then that land, including that well, was sold to who? Private corporations. A carpetbagger is what they use. Like to call a it. like like a like a Coca-Cola, right? And then right. what Coca-Cola does is privatize that. So that well is no longer accessible to you. But now how are you going to get water? I'm going to then put some plastic around it, put it in a bottle, and tell you that you can buy a small one for 99 cents. You can buy a medium-sized one for 119, and you can buy a large one for three dollars. Right now, this is where the marketing really comes into play. That large one, $3, that's too expensive. That small one, 99 cent, ah, that's too small. I won't get enough water. But that 119 medium sized one is just right. And where did Coke really want you to go? For that middle bottle. 
Why? Because that's where they're going to get their best margins. Right? Okay. And so <laughs> these things all happen through very transactional decisions. It's not that we are deciding, oh, I am going to buy, like, I'm going to buy the most expensive apples. So apples need to be more expensive because we are willing to pay it. At the end of the day, yes, we are willing to pay the prices that these goods cost, but the price of these goods are dictated by the supply and the demand for sure. That does dictate this, but also from the corporations and the entities that sell these products. We only know about half these products that are in our home because people made them up and sold them to us. Man, Arizona been 99 cents for 30, 40, 50 years. Why? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's their brand. That's their, that's the, that's their target market. That's, they felt really close to it. Why is, why is it only 99 cents for Arizona? I just told you why. You say this because of the market and all that. No. Don't call I, it. I, I, what, 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 because I think it's just because they realize 99 cents is already a super premium for us to be making this powdered tea. Arizona is cheap to make. Why would they need to charge $1.50, $3 for a can? Everything else went up. A Coca Cola, the cost of a Coca Cola in Arizona used to be the same. Mm-hmm. Now it's that. <laughs> yeah. And who dictated that? Because the people, if we're buying it, if we're buying it and buying it, you can raise the price if it's something that we need. They didn't raise it because they stuck there. And that's a part of their brand. That's a part of their business model. And that's a part of their targeting. So they kept their price where it's at to make sure that they don't lose that core audience that they have. And they're okay with that. They don't need to grow it. They don't want to shrink it. So you can stay there. So to your point, Coke didn't have to raise the price of Coke. You could say we're willing to pay more for Coke. Yeah, we can. We, we're willing to pay more because we are paying more. But Coke raised the price. And Coke is not raising the price because they're paying their employees more than the minimum wage or even paying them at the minimum wage. Mm-hmm. Just they're raising it the, to make more money, Chris. Mm-hmm. So who's keep, dictating this? To keep the shareholders happy. So, okay, Chris. So we always get to the point. Where we don't make that face, you're agreeing with me. I'm not agreeing with you, 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 man. I'm not. I'm not. You saying people make money to they need to make money. And it's like, yeah, I get that piece, but it's also people broke because they want to be broke. Get a job. <laughs> people so out here, what, some people out here five, six jobs. You ever think about that? It's people that don't that can't get a job to save their life. A job can smack them in the face. They be like, I don't, I don't know. People got five, six jobs, work three, three jobs. I work three jobs two nights a week. Da-da-da-da. What you mean? We can focus on our cousins or siblings or even folks that we know who are creating the dregs for themselves. Yeah, I know that's a small percentage of people who don't want to work, who don't want to apply to jobs, who can't keep a job. That's a small amount of people. And then there's us, Chris, who can get any job that we ever asked for. Right. Maybe don't even need to apply for jobs. Anymore well, not every because we because we so, so every uh, oh, job, you know, not every job. We black, oh, OK. Uh, oh, oh yes. your place. But, <laughs> but within the visibility that we have and the yeah. access that we have, we can pretty much get whatever is put in front of us. Right. And then there's everybody in the fucking middle. Yeah. Right. And so what I'm really thinking about, Chris, is always the people in the middle. <laughs> right. Is because those are the people that are working hard, hard. And they don't have the opportunities. And then there's also people in there who have opportunities that are not working hard, right? And then they kind of get mixed up in the bag of trying to figure out how to really maximize their skill set because they may have not had the training, but they're going to have so many opportunities in front of them. So all I'm really saying is, Chris, with SpaceX, because that's where this original conversation started, (laughs) is that what are we going to do in space? Man, listen, bro. This That we haven't already done here on earth the most habitable inhabitable place that we could fucking we didn't even find this place 
that, that we could that, that we, we could ever have. We started here. We're going to end here. Mm-hmm. That's where it ends. So all of this space travel shit is for fucking nonsense. It's for shits and it's for fucking giggles. Like let's figure out the things that you can do here instead of putting more gas into the air with these large massive fuel tanks and then dropping little bitty small ships into space and then dropping all that waste into the air and then and into the water and onto the land below it why don't we stop doing that dumb shit and figure out how we can get this right on land all right tree hugger mike you know what i'm saying i hear you bro but it's it's not gonna happen it's not gonna happen it's not we gotta you you gotta leave earth because earth is gonna become the worker planet and Mars or whatever planet. I'm dead, sir. You laughing. I'm dead, sir. Earth going to become the worker planet. And then anybody who has the money to get to whatever we terraform or how we figure out how to do some type of space mm-hmm. station where you can actually live in space without getting cancer and losing bone density and all that other stuff. That's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's not maybe mm-hmm. not in our lifetime. Maybe not in our kids lifetime. Maybe not in our kids kids lifetime. But it's going to happen, bro. Why? Because it's a finite amount of resources and a, it seems to be an infinite amount of people. If mm-hmm. people, if there's always going to be people, it's got to be a way for us to separate us from them because it's going to become even more class. Because then you're going to have rich people on Earth, but you ain't rich enough to go to space, though, because you're still broke. And that's what it's going to turn into. You, mm-hmm. it's, Everything is pointed to that. It's a, movie, it's a movie called Elysium. I don't know if you ever seen it with Matt Damon. That movie mm-hmm. is, when I seen that movie, I was like, that's, that's what's really about to happen in the future. They had the, the earth had become literally a supply uh, 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 of raw materials depot for the space station. It was a ring around the earth and it was called Elysium. Man didn't make it to Mars, but they figured out how to build around the earth so you can maintain its own atmosphere. And they had terraformed their entire space station around the earth. And then all the rich people was able to leave earth, which was dying. Like it's acid rain and hurricanes and it's top climate just all over the place. There's no resources. People can't work. People can barely, all you can do is work and sleep and have sex to make more people so they can work, sleep. And that's it. And then all the rich people was just in outer space living. And I'm saying I'm only saying that they say this, dog. It's gonna happen because we're not going to fix Earth. Earth can't be fixed because people gonna keep consuming. You have to literally stop people, teach people to not consume, and that's not possible. It's just not. Mm-hmm. When we, I've, you, you ever seen somebody in a, in a bathroom just use a thousand paper towels for no reason? You yeah. ever see somebody just buy? I'm gonna buy one ply toilet paper. Why? That's you're gonna use more one ply than if you bought the expensive two or three ply because you use less, it's less wipes. You know what I'm saying? It's just a thing people do. Oh, I'm gonna use all the dish detergent, I'm gonna fill my whole sink with, with dish detergent instead of just putting it on the, my sponge and washing my dishes. People wasteful, bro. So you have to teach people unlearn how to be wasteful. It's not gonna happen. It's not. I have no I have no faith in people because that's not even each one teach one because you 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 could teach your kid to be not wasteful and then they meet somebody and that person to be wasteful. Next thing you know, your kid's wasteful. Mm. So it's like it's impossible, bro. It's impossible. So we need to get to outer space and I hope I get my coins up so I can be in outer space with the outer space people looking at all you brokies down here on Earth. You know, I can catch my poop falling from the sky. You know what I'm saying? Think of the diamond. <laughs> First of all, you know you ain't going to no goddamn space. I go to space. There's only a few black people that's going to be alive in space. What are you I'm one about? of them. I'm it's, one of the good ones. No, because you just <laughs> talked about it being affordable. So it's going to be Jay-Z. It's going to be Beyonce. It might be Kanye he, if he just made a Billy. It could be Dre because he made a Billy. Uh, it'll be Obama because, you know, he was the first black president. You know, it'll be a couple other ones that we don't know, you know, that really up there. But you and I, 
You know, we make good money. Speak we for yourself. Right. Speak for we yourself. We make good money. Speak Chris, for yourself. Speak for yourself. We ain't, go, we ain't going to say. I'll be coming back. Who you, you gonna align yourself with? Who you gonna align yourself with? To Myself, Chocolate Champion. You understand me? Chomo. If I ever became a possible option, I'm gonna figure it out. I'm gonna get my coins up. What's the ticket cost? The ticket cost can't be more than ten million dollars because that's the that's the entry point between being rich and being wealthy is ten million. Once you and pick so a you lawyer, go, you're you gonna rich. have ten mil. You gonna have ten mil to give away. Hopefully that'd be lit. You know what I'm saying? I, I play want, my cards right. I want right. you to have that. I that's want what I'm saying. No, no, you don't. I you want, want you me to redistribute it once I make a first million. You want me to redistribute exactly. it to everybody that work that exactly. I work with. That's wrong. Exactly. That's wrong. Exactly. I'm buying. I want a, you buying to a solid gold rocket car. I'm buying a solid gold house. I'm getting my body done. You know what I'm saying? I'm getting me the what's that? The, the BBL. I'm gonna get the NGO. You know what I'm saying? The Negro. You know what I'm saying? Or whatever that is. You know what I'm saying? I'm doing all that. I'm becoming a different a different person, bro. You know what I'm saying? Y'all gonna be like, damn, what happened to Chris? This man really turning to Johnny Bravo out here. Yeah, man. What's up? Mess with me, bro. What is it called? A pop? Like, what was it called? Like, when the hair is flared up like that with Johnny a Bravo? pompadour, bro. I'm become a, a bad bitch, bro. I'm become a bad bitch. <laughs> no, I'm getting, I'm coming a bad bitch, bro. What you talking about, bro? What you talking hey, about? Hey, man. I think, <laughs> I, I, I think it's, I, I fundamentally, I agree with the idea. And it's probably tough for me to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. I am, a, I am a little more hopeless every day. Around society changing, <laughs> dead ass. I mean, guys, you get. To, I don't think that this shit will change. Um, however, I am hopeful that I'll commit my time to changing it because at the end of the day, I want to know at least that I tried, right? Because Chris, just like we talked about before on this podcast, if there's an apocalypse, I'm not really here to be one of the final 200 people standing. And I think that's where we fundamentally are going to disagree at the base of many things because right. you're willing to put up that fight to just still be here yeah, and part of humankind. And I don't think us in this existence is us in our final form. So like, why the fuck are we fighting so hard to try to maintain it to live this illustrious lifestyle? We, we can make this shit serviceable for so many people. I ain't trying so, to, I'm not ready to become an ancestor. That's why I ain't about to be uh-huh. an ancestor, man. I'm gonna live forever. They're you know scared of death. And we uh-huh. talked about this. People may have not been listening, but the sphere of death, I think, drives a lot of this other shit, as well as the idea of what it means to be enshrined or quote unquote have a legacy. Um, which all that shit disappears anyway in a fucking apocalypse or with climate change. All of that shit that we ever achieved and amounted to means fucking nothing. So you're just gonna then do it again and try to recreate it in a ring around space. It sound dumb as shit. Like I get it, but it sound dumb, it sound dumb as shit. It is dumb as shit, but I get it. Yeah. You wanna know what else sounded dumb? The internet. You wanna know what sounded real dumb? Virtual reality. You want to know sound what sounded dumb? Wireless earphones. That sound dumb as shit. Why would I do de- wires make this the sound sound better? Why would I want to figure out a way to make the wires not exist? That's what the gold wires make better sound better than copper wires. It make the sound sound clearer. So then somebody mm-hmm. was like, nah, bro, convenience. Mm-hmm. So the ring around the earth, convenience. I don't gotta be around. I ain't gotta worry about getting raped. I ain't gotta worry about getting robbed. I ain't worried about getting murdered. You think that's about- gonna end just because they want the space? Because all the rich people gonna be up there, all the good people, all the classy people, yeah, man. All the classy people, man. Oh, so you're conflating so many things. Here. Of course. Okay. Of course. What are we talking about here, man? What are we talking about? It don't exist. Not- rich people don't assault others. What are we talking about, man? It don't happen. You, it doesn't happen. It's episode. only it's only the the dregs that assault that commit crime that are amoral. The, the everyone else who's wealthy, ten million and above, great people, excellent people. How do you think they got there? You think they got there by taking advantage of people? What are you talking about? Use your brain, big brain time, Mike. Think, think, Mike. Think like the you shake, like you invincible. Start shaking up. Yeah, you start shaking. <laughs> like invincible, man. Think, think. <laughs> God, what are you talking about, man? 
So as you think, we, as you think, I'm, up, a, you think I'm a magically get ten million dollars without selling drugs or something crazy, bro? Come on, what are we talking about, man? It's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen for me. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> it's not. I would have to do. I have to invest in something super. I had to be like Nas. Nas. I'm not trying to slander Nas. Nas was mm. not a millionaire like that. He was a hundred thousand at his best. This man invested. This man invested in ring. Next thing you know, 300 million out of nowhere. Now Nas is one of the most sought after people. Everybody want to be around him. It's it, he, nobody wanted to be around him when he was, you know, he might have to split the bill. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> nobody wanted to be around him. Wait, man, Nas, mm-hmm. only, Nas only worth 350,000. I don't know if I'm going to dinner with Nas, man. We going to, you know, he ain't trying to tip. You know what I'm saying? He ain't got the bread like that. Everybody want to go to dinner with Jay-Z. Why? Because he might cover it. But you, everybody know Jay-Z not covering no bill. Nah, he ain't going to make you pay You know what I'm saying? He going to make you pay for it in some type of sweat equity. I'm going to need you to come wash these dishes. I need you to wash all Beyonce wigs. And I need you to wash <laughs> I need you to teach her how to tie her shoes. And she need to know how to do it upside down. So figure that out, man. You know what I'm saying? It's something crazy that's going to happen. So I say all that to say that I understand where you're coming from, Mike. But at the same time, I respectfully dis- disagree with the redistribution of uh, wealth at its at its base. Because I think people, may, if you build a business from nothing to something, you shouldn't have to be have to give away money just because people feel bad that you made money. I made this money. You ain't care about my business. You ain't share my mixtape. You know what I'm saying? When people be mad at rappers, people be mad at rappers for splurging, bro. You wasn't with me when I was doing these open mics at the coffee house. Now I'm worth a hundred million. Suck my dick. What are you talking about, man? I don't care about none of that stuff. What you talking about, man? I'm 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 spending this money I earned with the sweat equity I put in. That's why the that's why every time you make a penny, the CEO make twenty six fifty. It's because they was there when nobody was there. Nobody supported them except them. It was just me, myself, and I. And now I have over a hundred thousand employees. That's lit for me. I'm not about to give y'all this bread. Y'all wasn't there. Y'all didn't care. Some people didn't even use Amazon before Amazon was became a real thing. And they talking about something mm-hmm. need to be redistributed as well. For what? You didn't even use the platform. Now you use it for everything. It's not my fault I made a necessity. <laughs> I'm turning my commodity into a necessity, a necessity. And now y'all want me to try and give y'all equity? Eat my butt. I'm not doing that, bro. I'm about to go buy my $500 million yacht, but to put another yacht inside of it that's going to take me to my island where I got a helicopter that's going to take me to my ship that's going to take me to outer space. What are we talking about? I'm balling on a different level. I'm a super villain and you can eat my ass. I'm, I don't care about none of that stuff with no jelly, no sauce, no nothing. Just raw ass, sweaty ass. After I just ran a marathon. That's what you can do. You know what I'm saying? I'm with that type of energy. I don't care. I, I get it. That's what you're supposed to do. You know what I'm saying? I work on a project... And I and what's my splurge? I go get me some carrot cake. I get me a little nice watch. Maybe get me a pair of shoes. That's me splurging. I worked hard for this. I was up every day until three o'clock in the morning working on this project, knowing I gotta wake up at seven to go and try and run to go to, to go to work at ten. Like I get the splurge. I should do that. I deserve it. I'm not giving nobody some money. Eat my butt. What are we talking about? I'm. What are we talking about? If I'm with somebody, what are we going? We going to a dinner. It's going to be nice, and I'm leaving a big ass tip. Why? Because I'm balling. What are you talking about? I just worked on this project. That's what we doing. Oh, we, if I'm really feeling good, let's get a hotel room. I don't care. Spur the moment. It's five hundred dollars. So what? I got it. Let's do it. What are we talking about? Hey man, you're rich. That's what yeah. I got to say. So then, sometimes yeah. in life, sometimes in life, you know, you gotta have a plan. How you gonna do this? You know what I'm saying? You gotta figure out, man. How am I gonna get the yacht to fit another yacht that got a dinghy to take me to my island? 
you know, and for those times, sometimes that could be a bit of a more vacuous or nebulous idea that you can't really get to. You can't really figure out how to correlate those things and figure out how to get your person that really is account your account manager to sign off on those things. There's Moodify. You, it could come up with a step by step plan <laughs> to help you to convince your accountant the reason why you need a yacht that has a yacht that leads you to a boat that leads you to an island that leads you to a helicopter that leads you to a ship that leads you to a, a, a spacecraft. There's a whole app for that, Moodify. And it could teach you how to do that, how to move your accountant incrementally, step by step by taking small actions to get them whittled down from their point of being like, you know what, we need to support this and try to manage this well to make sure that we're able to redistribute it to our family, to these other workers, to the other business owners to say, no, you know what, Philip, what you need to do is take a $100 million bonus. That's what you need, right? You want $100 million. Well, what do I need to do to get $100 million, sir? Well, I need you to sign off on this $500 million yacht. They got another boat. They got another thing. They got, you know what I'm saying? And that's how that works. And you can do that through small ads. Like you just bribe them a little bit. Hey, man, here's a coffee. Hey, man, I got you a coffee and a donut today. Oh, man, you don't want to know what you do? You take the weekend. Take the weekend. It's fine. How are you and Barb doing? Yeah. Brent, tell them to come over to the mansion. Tell them to come over to the mansion. I got another mansion that you all could just have. You could have it whenever you want. Just have it. You know what? Here's the lease. You own it. You know what I'm saying? Just walk them down. Next thing you know, they're so indebted to you. Hey, man, I'm about to buy this $500 million. I need you to sign that. The account going to think about all the things that you did for them, all the small actions that you took, and they're going to be like, you know what? This one little thing, he's got it. He's supported so much for me. I, I think I could sign off for him. And then, you know, in that moment, when you get in your branding for your yacht, you're like, man, I really wish there was a way for me to wrap this mega yacht in a way that make it look heat. Like, I just, like I know I could have been classy and just kept it all white or all black, make it look like it's iridescent, something like that. But I kind of want to really go really, really, you know, fast and furious Tokyo Drift on this, man. They know Tokyo. They know Fallen Tokyo. You know something, brand, you know, lap dance, brand, 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 brand. I want to put some Tiger Stripes, some Tribal Marsh, you know what I'm saying? I want to put some Nas on there, like nice not the rapper, but the nitrous on there. And I figure I got to figure out a person that can help me come up with like some sort of a rap that's really cool and, and, and just really stands out. It really speaks to me and my character. Stiff works. You know what I'm saying? We've been doing, there's a reputable organization that we've working over 10 years with all some of the biggest clients and biggest things that work in social advocacy and nonprofit organizations that help progress people and make people feel good about the project that they're doing in the Washington, D.C., Los Angeles, New York area. And, you know, if you ever need a project and you just need some good branding, you need a good, a good, a nice little wrap for your car. You know what I'm saying? It's like you need you need to get a billboard, you need a commercial mate, you need something that's just really you can't even figure out what it is. But you know what? You just need it really done. You need it done well, you need it done fast. This still works. Contact us today. We'll get you out the way. And that's a podcast. Plow. Appreciate you, baby. Appreciate you too, man.